Thanks for tuning in to Timberlake's Message Podcast. We're excited to announce an all-new podcast called Weekend in Review, which we'd love for you to check out right after this. Visit reviewpodcast.timberlakechurch.com or download the Timberlake app. Text Timberlake app to 77977 or search for Timberlake Church in your app store. We're always so encouraged to hear how this platform has been a blessing to others, and we hope it makes an impact for you as well. Enjoy the message. Well, welcome to Timberlake Church Online and Happy Easter. Uh, I'm Ben. I'm the lead pastor at Timberlake. And it's been sort of a a different season, hasn't it? How's all this uh, sheltering in place working out for you? Uh, Any of you going to win the Educator of the Year uh, Award? (laughs) One thing I know for sure is that when teachers go back to the negotiating table for higher wages, I think they're way more likely to get it this time. Well, this has been a different season in many ways. At our household, uh, there's been some exciting news. Uh, My oldest daughter, uh, Abby, she got engaged. And I hope you're at least smiling in your home. Yeah, I've gotten texts from friends and they're they're like, how do you feel about that? Well, I said, besides the flagrant disregard for social distancing, uh, I'm actually pretty happy uh, about her and her husband-to-be Blake. I had three requirements for someone who would marry uh, my daughter, and that's that they would love Jesus, that they would love her, and number three, they would be unlikely to have to live in my basement. Uh, just keeping it real in the words of the theologian Jerry Springer. Uh, and and as, as I say that, I, I'm halfway kidding But that love Jesus thing is the most important thing. Because loving Jesus, it doesn't solve every problem. We've had problems that we've been going through, especially the last number of weeks as as a globe, as a world in, in our personal lives. It doesn't solve every problem, but it does change everything. And I want to look at that, and we're going to get to our scripture, 1 Corinthians. Uh, and, and as we do that, I want to set up the context for it. It was written by the Apostle Paul, who was anti-Jesus, and then uh, Jesus appeared to him. It changed everything. And he reminds us right off the bat, he says, uh, for what I received, I pass on to you as of first importance. That this isn't secondary, this isn't an add-on, this is the most important thing. That's why over 2 billion Christians are celebrating Easter across the planet today. That Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. That He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. And then He appeared to Cephas, also known as Peter in the Bible, and then to the twelve. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at the same time. And don't read over that too quickly, because we we have to understand, this was in a city of about 100,000 people, and this is 500 adults he appears to. And and Paul's almost throwing down, he says, you don't believe this happened? There are so many people you can talk to who say, Jesus died, and I saw him, and he was risen again from the dead. And and he goes on to explain, most of whom who are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James and then to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. And and there's a great account in the Bible of how Jesus appeared to the apostle Paul, how he was uh, skeptical, he was cynical, he was antagonistic. 
But that didn't stop Jesus from reaching out to him. And I know that many of us who are watching today, you, you, you love and you follow Jesus. And, and I hope that you're going to be encouraged. But I know some of you, you're maybe, ah, I'm a little more on that side where the Apostle Paul was. And do you know that Jesus wants to reach out to you today as well? See, there's been this cycle throughout history where, where people have struggled, even groups of people have struggled in their faith. And when we get back to what is essential, it changes everything. If you're, if you're a bit of a history buff, then you probably already know that uh, Constantine the emperor, he declared Christianity the official religion of the Roman Empire. You probably also know, if you've studied deeper into history, is that by the time he made that decision, it was a fiat accompli, that, that most people actually were already Christ followers. And it started because there was this incredible plague, even well beyond what we're experiencing today, not to minimize it, but the death and destruction was like something we, we probably, hopefully, will never know. And as everyone was fleeing from the cities, as people were, you know, sending their happy thoughts, Christians went into the cities, many giving their own lives, they cared for the dying, and actually that's how hospitals started, and it changed everything. Well, pe people got, a, got, a, got away from that, and there was a period of time when they needed to be reminded, and a, a group of Christian leaders, they got together and they said, hey, let's get back to that which is essential. I think we're at one of those times today. And they came up with the Nicene Creed, and I'm not going to read all of it, but I'm going to read part of it. It says, we believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and is unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ. For us in our salvation, he came down from heaven. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried on the third day. He rose again in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated on the right hand of the Father. He will come again. And that's a, a great promise in the Bible. We can't get into all of that today. But Jesus came once that we would have forgiveness of sins and salvation. But he's going to come again and he's going to make everything right, every injustice. And, and we sort of live in this in-between time. And this in-between time is a hard time. Because we get this uh, taste of God's presence, of his power, but everything hasn't been made right yet. But there's the promise that one day it will be. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. That's a, a great reminder to us and a great promise as we look at what is essential in Easter. And so I just want to look at that. What do you need when everything's stripped away for, uh, for an essential Easter? One, and this is not maybe as encouraging to start with, but it's true, is you need a death or a loss. And it really started with Jesus giving his life for us. And I know some of you are saying, hey, I've been, you know, 
uh, quarantine with my family for a couple weeks? Is that all you have uh, for me? And I know this time can be a little discouraging. I've heard from people who say, hey, we used to do the egg hunts at Timberlake, thousands, tens of thousands of eggs, and that's just going to be a little bit different this year. I've shared before that uh, what we would often do as a family, because on Easter Sunday I tend to be a little bit busy as pastor, is we would have a flashlight Easter egg hunt either that night or the night before uh, with the kids. And I encourage you maybe even to try something like that. And a lot of fun. Even my daughters, uh, as they've gotten older, they wanted to continue to do these flashlight Easter egg hunts. In fact, we did one uh, not too many years ago, and uh, one of my daughters was saying, because we not only put candy in, now we put a little money, and she said, is there any chance we'd find like a 20 in some of those eggs? And I said, honey, you can be assured that just as the tomb was empty, there is no chance you will find a 20 in one of those eggs, just to help her, you know, navigate some of the disappointment uh, future in life. Seriously, loss will happen. Death will happen. Have you ever wondered why there's this angst in you about it? God put that in you. See, Christianity is different from other religions, worldviews. People will say, oh, you know, death is beautiful. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says this, 1 Corinthians 15, 26. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Have you ever had a, a loved one pass away, and even if they were maybe quite old and you just felt like it was too soon? Do you know why you feel that way? Because God put that in you. Because you were made to live forever with God for eternity. And how does that happen? Really, the second essential thing, actually the person that you need, is Jesus. That Jesus came into the world and changed everything. It says in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, thanks be to God, he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Every once in a while, I'll have people say, hey, Ben, you know, uh, I wish you'd go a little lighter on the Jesus stuff. I, you know, I like the dad jokes and the junior high humor. Well, the only reason those exist is so you'll listen to the Jesus stuff. One of the things I love uh, about our, our church, and, and honestly, it's a little bit hard. It was hard for me uh, today to walk through that on our Redmond campus, that large thousand-seat auditorium, not see you there and to to, to worship with you and to say hi and see how you're doing is, is that Jesus comes and he changes everything. I've talked to many people and you'll say, hey, you know, I, I come from a, a Muslim background, a Buddhist background, or an atheist, and, and, and I'm not a Jesus follower, and my advice is always the same. Be careful because many people started where you are. And when you get real close to the real Jesus, not, not the institutions, the trappings around uh, religion, that it'll change everything. And, and how does that happen? It happens because what we need for Easter are real miracles. Any of you in the market uh, for a miracle today? Paul knew that people would struggle from time to time. And so he reminds them in 1 Corinthians 15, 20, Christ indeed has been raised from the dead. You know, uh, as, as we think about how it changes people's lives, all we need to do is look at the book of Acts. We read this, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, two of Jesus' followers, 
and realized that they were unschooled and ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. God takes ordinary people and does extraordinary things through them when you're just open to him. In fact, you don't have to have a a, a PhD. You just need to be open. God God used shepherds who were out in the fields when Jesus came into the world. Fishermen. He uses people like you and me. And why will he use people like you and me? Because we become available to tell the story. Or maybe for you it's receiving the story of what Jesus has done for you. And that's the fourth essential thing we need for uh, Easter, and that's good news. And we have that in Jesus Christ. Now, I, I know that maybe some of you, you were raised in a religious environment where, honestly, God and Jesus, it was all bad news. It was just a reminder of how you haven't measured up. And there's some truth in that. There is a conviction of sin that comes from the Holy Spirit. But the promise is this in 1 Corinthians 15 too, is that by this gospel, you are saved. That, that there's good news for our future, for our eternity. There's good news in the midst of the bad news we're experiencing because Jesus wants to walk with us through it. In fact, David, King David, as he was reflecting on his life in the 23rd Psalm, Uh, It wasn't written by a little shepherd boy. It was written by David, the old man, reflecting on his life. He said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. And the reality is God is as close to you as you will let him be. And when you get close to him, when you get close to this, this resurrection life, in the scripture, one of the great promises is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to us as well, that same resurrection life. I think it's because we're reminded not so much of where we've blown it, although I think most of us are realistic about our sin. It's about who who we were created to be. Well, I I shared the story uh, about my daughter being engaged. What I I haven't shared is her husband-to-be, Blake, he invited my wife and I out to dinner. And we had some sort of idea what this was going to be about. And I had been thinking of all the scenarios of how I might respond. Is when he asked, you know, can I marry your daughter? I was thinking I'd say something like, what did you say? Or, you know, uh, uh, just, you know just tortured the poor young man a little bit. Uh, and, well, the time really came. And all my... Uh, plans for a great humorous story, uh, they really fell away. And uh, he, he described how he loved my daughter and how he wanted to spend the rest of his life with her. And, and I, I said, to be honest with you, I've been praying for the person who would marry my daughter since she was a baby. And I was praying that God would be involved And that he would be someone who would love Jesus, that he would love her and and help her grow in every aspect of her life, and they would enjoy life together. And I just described the kind of person I was praying for. And I said, honestly, I feel like my prayers have been answered. 
he looked at me and started to look like he was getting a little emotional. Looked like he might even try to hug me. Thank God for social distancing. Uh, but I think honestly, in, one, in that moment, he was just reminded of who God had created him to be in Jesus Christ. And my prayer is that you will not only celebrate the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that in these, yes, uncertain and troubled times, but that you'll, maybe if you haven't taken that step, that you'll take that step to receive Jesus into your own life. And you might say, Ben, what in the world does that look like? Well, one of the great things at Timberlake is, is I get to hear week after week, you've heard these stories uh, of people who've made that decision to follow Jesus. And I want you to hear another one of them. My name is Chris, and I've been going to Timberlake for one year, uh, since January of 2019. Growing up, there, there was no religion in my house, uh, nothing at all. Quite frankly, I didn't, I didn't know if I believed in God. In 10 years in business, I've made a lot of money, and I bought a lot of cool things. And this last year, I sold almost all of those things, partially because I made the realization that those things weren't what was making me happy. Uh, I think the, the need for money always came from uh, wanting to feel accepted. I never felt good enough. Uh, we started coming to Timberlake because we moved to Sammamish from Linwood and my wife decided that she wanted to find a church. At first I was very standoffish. I don't want anything to do with it. You want to go? Great. Do not force me to go. I'm not going. <laughs> and then it was the third weekend she was coming. I don't know what came over me, but I, I just felt compelled to support her. I said, I'm going with you guys this weekend. She said, what? <laughs> what, why, what made you change your mind? And I said, I just want to support you. You support me, I want to support you. So I came, uh, came in January, and, the, and uh, Ben was talking about, uh, his message was related to life at work. And Samantha looked at me and says, that is crazy. Like, your life is revolved around your business and your work and like what you do for a living. And the first time you come to church, it's connecting life and work. Like, that's not a coincidence. And so, there's been several times at, at the Sunday sermons where Pastor Ben has said, you know, everyone bow their head and if you're willing to accept Jesus, you know, look up and make eye contact with me. And, and it makes me emotional thinking about it, but I was sitting there and, and Pastor Ben asked, you know, the question and, and had people lift up their heads and I just broke down in tears. And I just knew at that moment I was accepting Jesus in my life. I felt, I felt emotional, I felt good. Um, I felt like I was actually making a commitment, uh, which is something that I struggle with. Um, you know, if it didn't have anything to do with business or money, I, I sucked at making commitments. It's changed my life, big time. So, um, it's just helped me see things from a different perspective. I went from feeling like I was always alone and always having to do, figure out everything by myself to now I know truly that I'm, I'm not alone.
Wasn't that great? Thank you, Chris, for sharing your story. You know, one of the things we're reminded of is that uh, God is not caught by surprise by our life circumstances, even by all that's going on in the world. In fact, He wants to meet us right in the middle of it. So what I want to do is I want to pray with you and for you. If you're struggling right now, and I know that many of us are, I want, I want to pray for you and for God's presence and power in your life. Maybe uh, you're like Chris and you say, you know, I can never remember a time where I've invited Jesus Christ to be the leader of my life and the forgiver of my sins. I want to give you an opportunity to do that even today. Will you pray with me? Lord, I thank you for all my friends uh, who are scattered in so many places, but God, we are united in you. I pray for those who need uh, a sense of your presence, a real miracle in their lives. They know you, they love you, but this, this has just been a challenging time. God, and I also pray for my friends who've never taken that step. And if that's you, I encourage you to just silently pray something like this. Say, Jesus, I invite you into my life uh, to, to forgive my sin. And I, I admit that I have, that I've, that I've blown it, that I've missed the mark and to be the leader and the Lord of my life. I don't know everything that'll mean, but I know I want to follow you. God, I pray that as we're apart from one another physically, that we can be united spiritually. And we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us this Easter weekend. If you've prayed that prayer, I encourage you, fill out the connection card. We'll send you some information on what maybe your next steps would be in Jesus Christ. I hope that you have an incredible Easter weekend. Thanks for listening to this week's message podcast. If you would like to watch the video version of this, visit our online campus at online.timberlakechurch.com which is also live Saturday evenings at 5.30 and Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9.45, and 11.15 Pacific Time. And don't forget to check out our app for a one-stop solution to all things Timberlake. Thanks again, and we hope to see you this weekend.